Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You know what it is if it's Thursday. You know what's happening if we're here on a Thursday morning in the second hour of the show. We're giving you the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. I'm going to be there tonight for game show night. You better bring yourself out to game show night. It's free, it's easy, and it's Pictionary. It's if Pictionary and Family Feud had a baby. It's very exciting, very fun, and you definitely got to come out and play. Bring the girlfriend, the boyfriend, husband, wife, the kids, the mom, dad, colleagues, coworkers, whoever, neighbors. Bring them all out, friends. Bring them out to the uh, game show night tonight at the Wildcat Sports Pub at 7 p.m. It's the last Thursday of every month, which this time around is October 25th so we'll see you there tonight and we'll also see you there for football and everything else at the Wildcat Sports Pub seven days a week and we want to thank the Penn and Trophy Center who provides for us the Lombardi Championship Trophy as well as the Toilet Bowl Trophy and that is every single year for every single wake-up call fantasy football league that we have so big ups to the Penn and Trophy Center for their amazing and tremendous work. You can order from them by going to penandtrophy.com whether you're in Central New York or not. And with that being said, let's get into the Week Eight of the NFL. And before we do that, we have to welcome in Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com's guru, and that is Mike Sofka. Mike, how you doing today? Awesome. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. You and I agreed off the off the air that, you know, I said how you doing? You said I'm doing, and I said me too. So that's what we're 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 doing it. We're getting it done. And, and and Mike, I don't know about you, but I would venture to say, and I would like to believe this. You know, one of my most favorite things to do every week is to have an excuse to talk with you about football for a couple hours, and we just so happen to make somewhat of a living out of this thing. So. Thank you for taking some time with me. You know, I always appreciate Thursday morning. So, you know, I'm doing, you're doing, but when we get to Thursdays, I know that I'm going to do a little bit better, so to speak. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. Let's go. I'm ready. All right, so let's hop right let, Let's hop right into it. I'm going to ask you a question that has uh, – before we get into the games, i got to ask you this. The Buffalo Bills, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who needs a quarterback more right now? Right now, the Jaguars, because the Jaguars are ready to go. The Jaguars are a quarterback away from making something happen. And, you know, I know we've talked about Blake before and the inconsistencies around him and the problems around him. But, you know, you got you to gotta adapt and overcome and you got to make sure that you're definitely not brought up in the conversation as the excuse. Whereas Buffalo, they're a train wreck as a team, but they got their quarterback of the future. They just don't have one for the next eight weeks. And that's unfortunate, but that's pretty much the way the NFL goes. Some teams are a player away from disaster. Some teams are a player away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, and and when we look at the situation with Josh Allen, you know, it's something that I brought up before he got hurt, and that was the fact that, you know, yeah, he's your franchise guy. Yeah, he's the guy that's supposed to be carrying your team to the future, supposed to play with you for a decade or 12 years or what, 15 years, however long that he can last in the NFL. But when the team is giving up three and a half sacks a game, it's really hard to keep a rookie out there, and it's really hard to keep somebody healthy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you got to protect you know, your investment. That, you know, you look at Houston, that's one of the problems. Everybody's asking – you know, what's going on with Deshaun Watson? Well, he has a horrible offensive line. Let's start there. You know, the, the Giants, any team that's in peril, any team that's struggling this year, 
You know, you could look right at the quarterback position. Look at the Oakland Raiders. You know, you could look at a lot of guys, and, you know, it's a direct correlation. That's why the quarterback is so important. You have to have a solid quarterback in the NFL. So the conversation that people have with me pretty much uh, every week, if not daily, is Derek Carr, Eli Manning. Hey, Dan, why doesn't why doesn't Tom Coughlin and the gang go get one of those guys? And my response back is, I don't know if Derek Carr is that much better. I know he can throw it down the field, but I don't know if I could lean on him the way that I would want to. And then on top of that, the other part of the conversation, at least for me, is that Eli Manning, yeah, he's close with Tom Coughlin. He's won Super Bowls, but how many more years is he really going to play? So do, do you like the Derek Carr or the... Eli Manning situation, would you like one of those moves to happen to Jacksonville? Well, you know, for this year, Jacksonville could use Eli Manning to help carry him to the Super Bowl. He's had experience. He's a Patriot killer. That's that's a good thing. And, you know, the, the, the bottom line is still the bottom line. You know, when you don't have somebody in that position that's capable of carrying you, yeah, he looks horrible now. They tried to build the left side of that line in, in New York, uh, and, and it just hasn't worked. The, the Will Hernandez thing, you know, it takes the whole line. It's just not one piece of the line. So, you know, I, I look at what they're doing in New York, and I see they got talent around them, and it looks like Eli's just as deficient as is Blake Bortles. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I think Eli maybe has a half a season left in him if that. We're at week eight, right? You know, I think they want to send him out right. You know, he's a guy that won two Super Bowls for the Giants. I don't necessarily see them trading him, but if I if they did trade him to Jacksonville, that would be a plus for Jacksonville for this year only. And then obviously Jacksonville is going to be in the mix for a quarterback. Whereas you know, you look around the league, you look at what happened last year. There were like three or four quarterbacks that just kind of shifted teams. You know, everybody's looking for the guy that's going to fit their system. Everybody's say, looking at their quarterback going, well, he can run, he can pass, he just can't do this. Well, this guy can run, he just can't pass. This guy can pass, this guy just can't run. You know, it's it, or injuries, you know. So it, that's what makes the NFL exciting. I think the NFL, you know, a long time ago when free agency came about, they thought that that would take away the parity. Now that they've got the salary cap and the, and the situations where, you know, they have the collective bargaining and so forth, I think there's some parity in the league. But you got to look at teams like the Rams and go, well, how were they able to put this together? Well, how were they able to, how was this team able to do that? Well, it, it's it's many levels. Ownership, it's the right players, it's the general manager, it's the coach. And, you know, if you, have, if you don't have a, a good locker room, if you have a dysfunctional locker room, you're in for dysfunction for the year. So it's still the same same thing. You have to have an excellent quarterback. You have to have that guy in control. And you want to look at Jacksonville and think they're a, a quarterback away. You know, I don't see Derek Carr in the situation at all. I think Derek Carr is going to be Gruden's guy. However, Gruden is a team destructor. He will take your team to the Super Bowl, and then he'll sign six quarterbacks, and none of them will play. That's what he does. So I'm I'm, in, I'm more interested in Gruden than I am Derek, Derek Carr. How long is Gruden going to be in Oakland? I know he signed a 10-year contract, but... You know, I think his time is up. He's 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 starting to dismantle that team. Although he has picked up three first round picks, so we'll see what happens. But you need a quarterback, and if you have to trade for one, great. 
but realize what your expectation is. You expect this guy to carry you through the year like that would be the situation in Jacksonville. Then you go back to Blake or you bring in another quarterback through the draft or through free agency. So I don't see either one of those guys changing teams, Carr or Manning. But it, it is a great question, and it does make you think. No, absolutely. And I think ultimately what it comes down to in Oakland with John Gruden is either he hates Oakland, California, and wants their last time seeing the Raiders to be a time of complete dismantlement. Or, you know, I think that he's a coach that's rolling the dice and betting on himself. Getting all these first-round picks, I think essentially what he is trying to do, in my opinion, is that he is trying to build his own team that looks like John Gruden that he can take credit for that is his own. Chip Kelly did this to his demise, but John Gruden is trying to do this to his aid. Do you like what he's doing? Do you like that he's rolling the dice, or does this feel too Chip Kelly for you? Well, you know, it's one thing to have a bunch of guys that John Gruden, you know, checks off on, but with the moves and with what what I'm hearing and the performance on the field, those three things are leading me to believe that the game has passed him by. Things change, things evolve, things are different. They're not the way they were 15 years ago when you, you know when you were in a Super Bowl, John, or, or 20 years ago when you were working your way to that point. They're not. Ask your brother. Ask your brother in Washington. Things are a lot different now. His brother, I think, is in an advantage because he's had the opportunity more recently than John to work through the ranks and more importantly he's been in some other types of football he's been in the arena league he's he's been out there he's seen different things although they're brothers and I'm sure they talk a lot and I'm sure they have a lot in common there's a separation there and I think the game is not past Jay Gruden by but it's past John Gruden by and if John doesn't adapt and become more like his younger brother well he's going to be passed by in Vegas, and they're not going to—they're they're just going to drop him off somewhere else, and then continue on to Vegas with all the stuff in the moving van. They're—they're—they're they're, they're not going to be bringing him along. I don't see how this could continue unless he's successful and proves me wrong, and and he brings in Gruden type guys, and they work out for him, and maybe the game hasn't passed him by. But like I said, with those three things—the performance and the moves that he's made. And, you know, what you're hearing from players and so forth, you, you got to believe that he's going in the wrong direction. Well, I think what the Raiders are going to do is they're going to give him a chance to see if he can get these picks right. And then if that doesn't work out, they'll have to make a change. But remember, Mike, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and maybe he ends up like Mr. Chow in a trunk somewhere. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm just... I'm just saying, I'm just, but Mr. Chow got out of the trunk. And, you know, at this point, I think the Raiders would rather have Mr. Chow than have John Gruden as their head coach. Yeah, I don't need to see John Gruden naked running around the streets of uh, Vegas. Yeah, I think, I think I'm okay if that doesn't happen. My, Miami at the Houston Texans. Thoughts on this game? The Miami Dolphins have remained alive they've done some good things Houston beat a Jacksonville team that just beat the hell out of themselves and they barely beat a Buffalo team in Houston and that was thanks to the fact that Nathan Nathan Peterman likes to throw interceptions return for touchdowns to pretty much every team in the league I know they had that thing like Drew Brees the only team he hadn't beaten out of 31 or of all the franchises the only team he hadn't beaten was the was the Baltimore Ravens 
I think it's the opposite for Nathan Peterman. It's like who's the only team he hasn't thrown an interception to. So Houston wins the last two weeks against teams that beat themselves. What do you think about Houston at home against Miami, who's trying to prove that they're not a fluke? Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a game that they can call the fake game or the fraud bowl or what have you, because these are two of the best, or I should say, let me check, let me back up. These are two of the worst teams with winning records in the league at four. This is, I don't know how the Texans are seven and a half point favorites. I know the Dolphins are a train wreck and, and they're having some receiver problems and Ryan Tannehill in a contract year. And he's has question marks coming into this year. Now he's trying to get back on the field. Osweiler's looked okay coming in, but it's Osweiler. There's a reason why he's not the number one anywhere. There's a reason why he was overpaid and shipped out and traded. And, and, and I know some people are saying, oh, this is the return game. He's returning to Houston. Yes, the average NFL fan, you know, they probably don't even know he ever played for Houston. Houston probably wants to forget he played for Houston. The bottom line still the same. Deshaun Watson's going to perform a little better because I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to, to to stop him and what he can do on the outside with DeAndre Hopkins. I know the offensive line is suspect in Houston, but I got Deshaun Watson ranked as number five on my quarterbacks, and Osweiler ranked as number 25. And then you take a look at the running back situation, and again, it's the offensive line situation. It's not that Miami is that much stellar on the defensive front. But Lamar Miller, number 15 on my rankings. So they, in my mind, they don't really have a number one running back. To me, you know, you look in the NFL, number one running backs, you would think, oh, there's 32 of them. No, there's about 10 or 12 of them. That's why you play fantasy football, to just concentrate on those 10 or 12 guys. Lamar Miller's just outside that. He hasn't been very productive. Now watch him go run for 300 yards and 16 touchdowns tonight. Yeah. You look at the, the receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the league, and I think he's the best receiver this week as well. I got him ranked as a number one receiver against that Miami defense. And Miami's struggling for an identity at receiver. Kenny Stills injured. Albert Wilson's now out for the year. You know, you look, is Devontae Parker going to make the field? Is he going to do something when he gets on the field? I think the surprise guy and the guy you want to play in daily and a guy you may even be able to still pick up at this point late in the week, Danny Amendola, number 23 on my rankings this week as far as wide receivers go. Tight end, there's really not much going on for Miami. You know, you'd like to say, oh, yeah, they got this great guy in Gusecki. He's dinged up. You know, and Houston, same thing. They're struggling for that identity. Ryan Griffin's dinged up. It might, we may finally see some surf, uh, resurfacing of Jordan Aikens. I hope that he's able to do that. You know, for his sake, I'm rooting for a UCF guy, and he seems to be slowly, slowly, slowly coming along. But your value in this game and all your money is that receiver. It's DeAndre Hopkins, and it's the long shot in Danny Amendola. And for the record, I am going to take Houston in this game. I just don't think they're going to cover the 7.5. Yeah, I'm going to take Houston in the matchup as well. I, I, In my opinion, I, I just, like you said, I don't think the Dolphins can – can stop Deshaun Watson and what Deshaun Watson is working to do. You mentioned the injuries. Uh, obviously, Kenny Stills is, is going to be out of this game. And uh, Mike Gusecki, he's questionable. A.J. Derby's questionable, both at tight end for the team. So, you know, as, as we look at the matchup and what could come out of this, you know, for Miami, there's really nothing. 
you know, fantasy football wise that would entice me to say, oh yeah, play this guy or give this guy an opportunity or give this guy a shot. You know, I'm not really sold on what Miami's putting out there. You know, if they could barely get by in reality, that's all well and good. But, you know, their running backs are okay. If I had to put Frank Gore out there, I would put him out as a flex. But besides that, you know, Danny Amendola, also a flex. He's somebody you could probably get in free agency right now. I tested the waters with him, and it didn't work out. But, you know, now you can test the waters again with Devontae Parker being out or being hurt and Kenny Stills being hurt and Albert Wilson being hurt. There's really nobody else to show throw to except for Jakeem Grant, who's one of their returners. So, you know, Frank Gore and Danny Amendola on, on one side as flex. And then for Houston – you know, Deshaun Watson, he's still a quarterback, too, this week. It depends on who you have. If your other guy is off, then putting up a quarterback against Miami's defense is not a bad choice for you. Lamar Miller, I don't think, has had 100 yards in a long, long time, except for when he played Jacksonville last week, and Jacksonville made him look like a road Scholar. But that, I do not believe he is. So, Lamar Miller, eh, I don't really like that. DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller the fifth. They're both healthy and ready to go, so I'd throw them out there for you. I like DeAndre more than Will, but Will is uh, one of those guys that if you leave him on the bench, it might piss you off, so not a bad idea to put him out there and give him a shot. The Eagles and the Jaguars. Jacksonville, thank God, will not have to lose in front of their fans in Jacksonville this week. They will be in London across the pond. We'll see how the rest of the world feels about Jacksonville because they do have a lot of fans, and they've been giving up a home game for years over in London, and they're going to be there until at least 2020. So what are your thoughts on the Eagles-Jaguars game, which should have been the potential Super Bowl if Jacksonville had defeated the Patriots? This game should have a lot on the line. It should feel good, but the Eagles are struggling, and the Jaguars are just injury-laden and and, and beating the hell out of themselves. So where do we stand in this one, Mike? It felt good and it looked good in the beginning, but it feels different now. Well, if Doug Marone takes my advice, I, I sent him an email. He uh, was kind of busy in a meeting this morning when I tried to talk to him. On eating, the- eating a bologna and cheese sandwich, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they do one thing that they're supposed to do, this team is built to do two things, run the ball and play defense. They're going to have that capability, even without Leonard Fournette, with the addition of Carlos Hyde. I think it's a savvy move. I think it was an excellent pickup. And if you watch Carlos Hyde with Cleveland, he was doing a pretty solid job as a running back. And I think that the addition of Carlos Hyde, combined with the efforts of T.J. Yeldon, if they don't rely on Blake Bortles. Now, mind you, I still think Blake Bortles is going to have a better game than people expect. I just don't think you can rely on him. You don't, You can't have the whole game plan, okay, Blake, you're going to win or lose this game for us. So with that in mind, I think that the pressure from Jacksonville is going to get to Carson Wentz. So I got Carson Wentz ranked as the number 17 quarterback. And Blake Bortles hasn't done himself any favors, but I think he's capable of putting up some numbers against the Philly defense that I think is suspect. The only thing they got going for him that I like is their rushers and their linebackers. I think they're able to get to the quarterback, not just not quite as effectively as Jacksonville is. Blake Bortles, the number 23-ranked quarterback on my on my list this week, simply because I think Jacksonville's going to stick with that running game. And sticking with that running game, P.J. Eldon's going to be the 21st running back on my board this week. And Carlos Hyde's a little bit further behind him at number 30. So you got an RB2 and RB3 slash flex. 
the reason for that. I think Carlos Hyde is better than DJ Yeldon. It's just familiarity. It's just number of touches. It's just how often he's going to be in the spot he needs to be in and how much of the playbook he has already and what they can game plan with where he's at in that change. Because it's like, hey, you're living in this country speaking this language. Boom, tomorrow you're in this country. Learn how to speak this language. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not. Most times it's not. Receiver-wise, Alshon Jeffries, the top receiver in the game here. Bottom end, wide receiver, too, up against that Jacksonville defense. He's going to have to get some targets because that's the only way Philadelphia is going to be able to stay in the game. I don't think they're going to be as successful as Jacksonville is in running the ball. Wendell Smallwood, number 28 on my rankings this week. Corey Clements behind him at number 31. So if you look at the two running backs, I think Jacksonville's got the advantage. You look at the quarterback, I think Carson Wentz is the advantage. And you look at the wide receiver, looks like Philly's got the advantage. And then you come to tight end, and it looks like Philly's got the advantage because, well, Zach Ertz, you know, Jacksonville's had struggles at tight end. They've lost three or four of them at, at, at tight end. And then Philly can throw in his Dallas Goddard, and he can pick up a touchdown maybe a couple yards. So I think receiving-wise, it's all Philadelphia. Uh, they can even mix in a Nelson Aguilar. I don't think that Jacksonville can compare or confront that with a Keelan Cole or, you know, because he's inconsistent. D.D. Westbrook's inconsistent. Blake's inconsistent. We're all inconsistent. Inconsistency for everybody. Look <laughs> under your chair. You got inconsistency. Yay! You know, it, it, it's that's what they're built on. So they really need to go back to what this team in Jacksonville is built to do. That's run the ball and play defense. Now, that being said, the defense hasn't been as stellar as it's been in the past. It's been a little bit suspect. You can see the emotions on the sideline. You hear the lack of chatter. They need this game. They need to run the ball and play defense, and they need this game. Now, Philly's favored in this game by three, but I'm going to go with Jacksonville. It's not a homer pick. It's not because I'm close to them. I always look at things, you know, from the outside eye, but I still think Jacksonville's going to win this game if they run the ball and play defense. But I will go on a record as saying Jacksonville will win because I think they're going to do that. Well, Mike, I, I will tell you with with utter certainty that if I give you the injury report this morning for the Jaguars, I can honestly save myself some time by saying every important person on the offense. Pretty much. Every single player on the offense, except for Dante Moncrief, Keelan Cole, but Jadon Mickens, IR, Corey Grant, IR, Leonard Fournette, doubtful, the majority of the offensive line either on IR or questionable. And on top of that, James O'Shaughnessy is questionable. Niles Paul, IR. Austin Severian Jenkins, IR. Marquise Lee, obviously, IR. So this is a lot of fun. And it's kind of like roll the dice and see what happens. So if you're going to play anybody for the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game, it would have to be Carlos Hyde. And I would put him out there as a flex. Dante Moncrief, D.D. West. Listen, when the team is in the in the air of England, there's something about London blokes. I don't know what it is. When they're in London and they're playing in London, they seem to be able to score points. And Blake Bortles, he's consistently inconsistent. So because he's had three bad games, he's due for a good one. And he typically has been playing well in London. So I would look at Dante Moncrief and D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole as flex positions. Carlos Hyde is a flex position as well. I don't trust Blake enough to tell you to play him. He's a low-end quarterback, too, to me this week. Carson Wentz, uh, he's still a quarterback one. He's low-end. Corey Clement, I like him. Elshon Jeffrey 
and uh, Nelson Aguilar and Nelson Alshon Jeffrey can just he makes tremendous catches so I think he's definitely worth the play and Zach Ertz as well I'm gonna go with the Jaguars in this one as well because they're in London and you know they 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 need to get on the right side of things I believe that they can do it if they find a way to lose in London then then I I just I don't know if this season can be salvaged for them so I'm going to pick them to win this game. I think it's going to be close or it's going to be a blowout. It, there's there's no in-between. It's not going to be like, oh, it was a respectable. It's either going to be a blowout for Jacksonville. I think it, it it's ripe to be one. Again, Blake is ripe to have a good game. And these receivers are ripe to get the ball. And Carlos Hyde has only been in the league a few years, and I can't believe that Cleveland would let him go. So I'm going to go with the Jaguars in this game, and we'll see if Mike and I are right. Jets at the Bears. What do you have for this one? Well, I think the Bears are one of the most underperforming teams out there. You know, the Jets have their excuse. They have a rookie quarterback, and they don't really have that number one receiver or number one running back. They're playing some okay defense. The Bears have a dynamic defense. The Bears have a defense that can outscore some offenses. They they have the addition Cleo Mack, but he's been dinged up lately. He should be on his way back. I don't know that he's 100% in his fantasy totals if you're playing IDP leagues have shown that but it, you know at the same time I think he makes everybody around him that much better on the team so and with that being said they still let the Patriots put up 38 on him but that was the Patriots that was the Patriots we know the Patriots do that it's late October this is what the Patriots do so even though they let a bunch of points score on him, they did score a bunch of points on the Patriots, 31 points, and that's pretty good. If you had Mitch Trubisky last week, he was on fire. He scored like 58 points in one league I was in, and I have him. So Which I did. I did. I picked him up in the 11th hour. Both guys were off, so thank you to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That, that, that's probably the difference in your game. You probably won your game because of that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at the Bears, and there's some fantasy value here. I like Trubisky. He's the number six quarterback on my ranking. Sam Darnold, not so much. Now, if you're in a desperate situation, as long as you're not getting penalized for interceptions, you're going to be okay. By the way, I like the spunk. I like the charisma. I like the hair on Sam Darnold. But the, the bottom line is still, he's a rookie. Even Peyton Manning struggled in his rookie season. So, you know, running back-wise, I think the Jets have a great pair of running backs. I just don't think they're doing themselves any favors by, you know, outdoing each other or monopolizing each other or cannibalizing each other. So I'm not sure you can count on any running back from the Jets this week. I, I don't even know if they're going to get any rushing yards at all. But on the other side of the ball, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Uh, Jordan Howard's been a tremendous disappointment this year. But he's number 23 on my ranking this week. And Tariq Cohen's 22. Now, mind you, they're going to throw the ball a lot to Tariq Cohen, those short little dump-offs, and get him in space. If you're in a PPR league, he's ranked even higher. So he's a bottom-end running back two for me right now, but he's a top-end running back two, bottom-end running back one in a PPR league. So keep that in mind for Tariq Cohen. Wide receiver-wise, you know, I, I... I don't know who to play for the Jets. I don't know what's going to happen. Is Inuwa going to be back? Is Robbie Anderson going to play? You know, what's going on with Jermaine Curse? He just picked up uh, Rashard Matthews, which is a nice addition. He might be one of those fly-by-night guys that you could throw in a daily, and that could make the difference because he'll probably be cheap. But he's ranked number 50 on my wide receiver rankings this week. You know, and, and you look on the other side of the ball for the Bears, I think the Bears have some opportunity at wide receiver as well. When I say opportunity, that's a bad thing. 
that's politically correctness saying, hey, we're challenged. We have problems. Allen Robinson, you're not a true number one. Anthony Miller, you're not a number one. Taylor Gabriel leads the team in targets, and I can't feel confident on rolling him out there any higher than a number 39 ranking on my rankings this week. Then you look at the tight ends. Now, there's one clear tight end in this game. That's Trey Burton. He's a playmaker. They're going to force feed him the ball. He's number eight on my rankings this week. And then you take a look at the other end of the spectrum. Again, it's the tight endless team. Jordan Leggett, Eric Tomlinson, what's going to happen at tight end? I don't know. I'm staying away from it with the Jets. I'm going to go with the Bears. I think the Bears are a better team of the two, even though they're both underperforming. you got to like the Bears at home. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you and go with the Bears. I think that Mitch Trubisky, who, you know, again, I covered when he was at North Carolina, I think that Mitch Trubisky uh, brings something to this team. I thought that, you know, he might he might struggle uh, in his rookie season last year and that he would eventually figure it out. You know, they traded up to the number two pick to get him a couple of years ago in 2017. Well, I should say last year in 2017. So, you know, for me, I think, you know, that that what he is doing now, I'm not surprised. And I'm proud and I'm happy for him. And I'm happy that they made it one hell of a game against the Patriots. You know, injury report-wise, starting with the Jets, just to let everybody know really quick here, uh, Bilal Powell is obviously on injured reserve, if you haven't made that note. Robbie Anderson is questionable with an ankle injury, but he is not a top target for Sam Darnold. Uh, Quincy Anunua is out for the game, who is a top target of Sam Darnold, so maybe that helps out. Robbie Anderson, I would think that Robbie would be helped in recent weeks and last week with some of these injuries, but I still don't you know, feel like he's – I mean, he gets some looks, but not a lot. Uh, Allen Robinson, he's questionable for the game. I think he's questionable in general. It says something when the Jacksonville Jaguars get one step out of the Super Bowl without Allen Robinson, who is their number one guy – going into last season, and they didn't need him at all for any of that. So, you know, when we go back to the Jets before I get into the receivers for the Chicago Bears, uh, Sam Darnold, not worth the play to me. Uh, Not a big fan of Isaiah Crowell or Trenton Cannon, who's the backup now, drafted in the sixth round of this year's draft out of Virginia State. Raise your hand if you knew that was a college. And to everybody that raised their hand that I can't see right now, Please understand, it always makes me happy when I ask you to raise your hand and you do it because you feel compelled to because we're all like a Simon Says Nation. So if you raise your hand, pat yourself on the back. I love it. It's beautiful. Robbie Anderson's the only guy that I would go with is a low-end wide receiver, two, high-end, three, and he's the only player from the Jets that I like So in this game. On the other side of it, I like Mitch Trubisky. Like I said, he saved my week last week. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers were off, and he saved my behind. Uh, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard – I don't like drafting these guys because, again, they're not consistent and sometimes they're really good and then sometimes they're not. And then when you have one, you need the other. So these are both flex position guys. Taylor Gabriel and Trey Burton are really the two best options for you to have when it comes to the Chicago Bears. So, you know, I'm going to say it. I like a lot of the Bears. I really do in this game. And I think that Mitch Trubisky is doing a hell of a job. Before we take our first step aside in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, Mr. Sofka, Bucks at Bengals, what do you got? Well, it's going to be a good game for scoring, I think, and it's going to be led by the quarterbacks. I know Andy Dalton kind of messed the bed up on himself last week. I don't think he had the week he could have against Kansas City and that defense got lit up. But I think Tampa's defense is just as soft as Kansas City's. 
So I got Andy Dalton as the number 12 quarterback this week. I got Jameis Winston as a high-end quarterback one because I think if Pat Mahomes can light him up, I think Tampa's going to have to light him up. And the reason why they're going to have to light him up is they still don't have a running game. Peyton Barber looks like he's going to be out this week. It's going to be all Ronald Jones. And the only thing I saw Ronald Jones do was run a one-yard touchdown. The guy is not a top running back yet. He has the tools. And I got him ranked number 26 this week, thinking that Peyton Peyton Barber is going to be out. You know, and on the other side of the ball, you look at Cincinnati. Well, they got an excellent running back in Joe Mixon. It's just, do they have what it takes to get him the ball a lot? And I think they do. I think they're also going to be led by A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green's going to have an outstanding game, number three wide receiver on my rankings this week. And on the other side, you got to counter that. They're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to target Mike Evans. Well, I think Cincinnati's DBs are a little bit better than Tampa's, so I got Mike Evans as the number 17 receiver this week. I think you're going to see some value in some other players as well. Maybe Deshaun Jackson. I like Chris Godwin a lot. I think he's an excellent player. I think if uh, if you have him on your team as your wide receiver three, you're doing just fine. O.J. Howard has been making a comeback since he came back from injury. I got him as a high-end tight end, too. Cameron Brates maybe a tight end three at this point. And Cincinnati's been struggling at the at the tight end position. C.J. Uzuma has been doing a fine job, though, stepping in. He's actually a bottom-end tight end one this week. I think he's been doing a great job. You consider he's number three on a depth chart in reality with Tyler Eifert being out and, and Tyler Croft. Now C.J. Uzuma's turning. He's making the most of it. You know, I think there's going to be some value here, but I think most of it's at quarterback for both teams. And then A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green's going to have an awesome game. And then Joe Mixon. And i got to go with the Bengals. The Bengals at, at home, I think they're going to just shoot the lights out with the Bucks. I think it could, could go back and forth. Could be a high-scoring game. And I'm going to give it to the Bengals at home. Yeah, this is a tough game. And, and, and Mike, before we get into uh, – before I get into my side of it for fantasy, i got to ask you, we were talking about Fitzmagic at the beginning of the season – and then as soon as Jameis Winston was eligible to return, it's almost like Ryan Fitzpatrick heard footsteps and he just completely underperformed. Do you think they should go back to him? And what do you think about the fact that, you know, Fitz is one of those guys, and it happens with, with other guys out there at quarterback, that can handle it if they're not named the starter, they're not the starter from week one normally, but they have to be or they have to come in. He's a guy that can come in and do well. As soon as Jameis was eligible, he started to play down. What do you think about that scenario? Did, was it footsteps? You know, was it the oh now that the starter's back, now I got to play like a backup? And do you think that if Jameis struggles, they should go back to him? Look, I think it's. Uh, I think you're kind of onto something there. I think when Fitzpatrick has no pressure, see, there was nobody thinking he was going to do good. Nobody thought, oh, this guy is going to lead us to some victories. This guy is going to throw for 400 yards. This guy is going to capture the public's eye. This guy is going to come out dressed up at a press conference and, and take over the media. And da-da-da, da-da-da, he's everywhere. You know, we didn't expect that. There was no pressure on him to do that. Then Jameis comes back into the fold, back into the picture. Now he's got pressure to maintain, and he fell apart. I think as long as the pressure or the, the expectation is minimal and just go out there and play your game. If he can get that part in his head, because for a lot of these guys, they're so talented and the talent is is so close on many levels, the mental game is, is where everything is at. So 
So mentally, he's got to be focused on, hey, there's no expectation. I'm a Harvard guy. He's had this all his life. I'm a Harvard guy. Everybody knows I'm smart. They don't expect me to be a great quarterback. Hey, look, I'm a great quarterback. Oh, you want me to maintain being a great quarterback? Okay, now I got pressure. If he would just keep that mindset like, hey, man, nobody expects this. I'm doing it. If he can keep that mentality, I think he's going to go a lot further. I think the Bucks are going to stick with Jameis throughout this year. I think they're going to try to figure out what they have. You know, he's in a potential contract situation here, and maybe the Bucks are a team that's moving on and looking for another quarterback. I've said it all along. I don't think Jameis has what it takes to lead an NFL team. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I think he can make throws. I think he can make some stuff happen. I don't think he's a leader, and I don't think he's going to be long in the NFL. And I think Jameis Winston gets himself in way too much trouble. So that's another thing that goes along with it. I don't like the running backs or the quarter. I don't. If it's Jameis Winston, I don't like the QB situation in this game. I, you know, if if you, I consider him a low end quarterback too. If you got to pick him up, that you know, that's if you got guys that are hurt and you got a bunch of guys that are off and whatnot, then maybe you have to do something like that. Uh, just a note so that everybody knows, Chargers, Cowboys, Falcons, and Titans are all off this week. So if you have a Matt Ryan or you have uh, a Marcus Mariota, God forbid, or a Dak Prescott, God forbid, but if you have a Phillip Rivers, you know, maybe you have to pick up Jameis Winston. I'm not really sold on him. I'm not a big fan of him. So I'm not putting him out there for me if it was up to me. I don't like any of the running backs. Peyton Barber's questionable, but still, uh, if I had to choose anything, I would look at Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, and Adam Humphreys in the order of Evans, Humphreys, Jackson, and then O.J. Howard because he's a target that uh, Jameis Winston really likes. On the other side of it, Andy Dalton I think is worth the play. Uh, Giovanni Bernard's questionable. I'm not really sold on Joe Mixon. So I like A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and Andy Dalton, and Aaron and out. C.J. Uzuma, not a bad pickup at tight end. I agree with Mike with that. And I'm going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals to win the game. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll be back in just a moment with more fantasy football advice, proudly presented in the Fantasy Football Power Hour by the Wildcat Sports Pub, as well as the Penn and Trophy Center. This is a wake-up call, fast break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, 
is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Always proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And we always go a little bit over when it comes to the Fantasy Football Power Hour because we want to make sure that you have all the information that you need, that you're taking care of the right way, and that you have every game, every box checked off and ready to go. If you ever have an extra question, you can always send it to me, and Mike and I will get back to you. You can always send it to Wake Up Call on social media, at Wake Up Call DT, at Call DT on Twitter, and at Wake Up Call underscore DT on Instagram, and I will post it. When you see me post the football that says hashtag you know, um, you know, fantasy help or hashtag ask DTMS, which is Dan Tator and Mike Sofka, then, you know, you can obviously reply to that post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. If you have any questions and you're on the live line right now, you can feel free to ask us as well as many people have. So with that being said, Mr. Sofka, we are in the next one. We both picked the Bengals in the last game. We are snake eyes through the first four, Texans, Jaguars, Bears, and Bengals, Seahawks, and Lions. What do you have? Yeah, you know, I like uh, I like the Lions in this one at home. I think the, the Seahawks, you know, it's that old uh, West Coast to East Coast 1 o'clock game thing. I know the Lions at 3, which means most people in Vegas think this game's about even 3 points to the home team. You know, you look at Matt Stafford, he's a middle-of-the-road guy. So he's a guy that, you know, he, he's, he's even keel. He's not going to throw a bunch of interceptions. He's not going to overwhelm you, but he does have some upside. But, you know, his ceiling... Is, is pretty high, and his floor is a lot higher than most people's. In other words, most other quarterbacks, he's most times than not, the bottom he's going to be is where he is this week at number 15, somewhere in that. So he's a middle-of-the-road guy. Russell Wilson, though, I think has been underperforming, and I'm wondering what the problem is. I know he's been without Doug Baldwin for a while, but I've got him ranked as the number 18 quarterback this week. You know, running the ball is what you have to do in the NFL if you want to be successful. They've struggled with that recently in Seattle, mostly due to injuries, and they never seem to get the right guy. The guy I saw coming a mile away is the guy who's going to lead the attack, and Chris Carson. Now, I know they went out and they got somebody else. They got a Rashad Penny, but we've yet to see anything spectacular there. They do use a committee approach. They Mike Davis filled in finally at one point, but it's, it's pretty much Chris Carson. And as Chris Carson goes, so goes Seattle. Carrion Johnson's been doing a fabulous job, though. He's a bottom-end running back one this week at home. Yeah, I know LeGarrette Blunt's snaking some or vulturing some uh, uh, touchdown grabs at the goal line, but if you're in a touchdown-only league, LeGarrette Blunt may be a guy. But, you know, I think Carrion Johnson's going to have enough targets. He's going to have enough uh, rushes that he's going to be – capable of scoring you enough points to win your league this week. If you got Carry on Johnson in your lineup, I think he's going to help you win. 
Doug Baldwin back, coming back slow. I don't think that's going to be enough for Seattle. You know, I looked at the opposite side of the ball. I think Marvin Jones is a guy who they always can seem to rely on. But, you know, he's gone away. I know he's been dinged up. I got him ranked number 33 this week. And I'm looking at the rest of the lineup there. Golden Tate, I never thought he was a true number one, but he does have great yak. He does have great yards after the catch. I got him ranked number 15 against Seattle this week. Tight end. Tight end is a different situation here again. They got the no-name. They got Luke Wilson. And they got our guy, the rapper, Levine Toilolo, of course. (laughs) Interesting when he gets that one target, that one catch in a game. That always gets my blood pumping. And Nick Vanette showed up recently for Seattle. He's the future. He's the tight end of the future. And they seem to be trying to bring him up. But I, I don't think you can play him yet. He's a he's a top-end tight end three at best. So, for the record, I think Detroit's going to win the game. I think there is some value. But at running back on one side of the page, eh, I'll, I'll go both. I'll go Chris Carson and, and I'll go the other side as well. We'll carry on Johnson. But I like Detroit to win this game. You mentioned two things, Mike, and you know we have rules here. So you mentioned our guy, Toy Lolo, and so there, there's obviously rules that needed to be abided by. And so let me let me do the first one first and then the second one, which is my favorite, right after. That is for Toy Lolo. That is Get Low. And whenever we mention the man Carry On Johnson on the show, I have one of my favorite songs that I get to play. And it's a very, very awesome song. If you don't know it, then you're crazy. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, I feel I feel better. I feel more like me. There we go. And with that being said, Seattle and Seattle doesn't win. Seattle struggled this season to win at all. And when they're on the road, we talk about oh, they're so good with the twelfth man. They're really bad when the twelfth man is on the other team. So Seattle is just there. I'm I'm not a big fan of the of of what they're becoming. I haven't been a big fan of it as time has gone by in recent history. And I think that Detroit, I said last week, that a Detroit loss would have potentially crippled them. And I said that, you know, and ruined their chances of the playoffs last week against the Dolphins. A win on the road in Miami, I think, might have saved their season. They're 3-3 three and three right now. And with that being said, I think that they will defeat the Seattle Seahawks. I'm agreeing with Mike on this one, so we're both going Lions as well. Uh, Russell Wilson, worth the play. I don't like any of the running backs. I really don't. I mean, Rashad Penny, I haven't seen anything. Mike Davis had some moments here and there. C.J. Procise fumbles the ball a lot. Chris Carson, eh. So, you know, Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett, to me, are wide receiver threes. Russell Wilson is an option for you. And then on the other side of it, I'm not a big – I'm not really big on Matt Stafford. I know that, you know, he obviously has to throw to somebody. But I'm higher in fantasy – on Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay and a little bit of Golden Tate that I am Matt Stafford. 
and I like on Johnson. And if you need to pick up a flex guy to maybe get you, I don't know, 20 yards, 7 yards, and a touchdown, then LeGarrette Blunt could help you out to get the extra 6 points that you need to maybe get over the hump. So, you know, I, I like I like Jones, Galladay, and Johnson the most on Detroit, and then Tate and Blunt. Uh, it's still not sold on, on Matty Stafford. And my homeboy, Toy Lolo, Roberts, and Wilson. Mm. And the tight ends for Seattle as well. Not a big fan on either side. I'm going with the Lions. Broncos at the Chiefs. The Broncos are trying to prove that they're a contender, not a pretender. And Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs are extremely fun to watch. If you have any of the Chiefs, you feel good. If you're playing against any of the Chiefs, you, even if you're up by 40, you could lose. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, you know, in basketball, if you have the big three, you're going to win. In football, even if you have the big three, if you have a quarterback, a running back, and a receiver that are tops in their game, you, you know, you're going to win. Kansas City has the big four. They have Travis Kelsey, number one tight end. They have Tyreek Hill, top five receiver. They have Kareem Hunt, top five running back. And they have Pat Mahomes, who's the number one quarterback in the NFL right now. And those are my rankings for this week as well. So load up on Kansas City. But if you have these guys, you already know that. You're already winning a bunch of fantasy games. Look, Pat Mahomes has brought things to another level. Outside of the first half of the of the New England game, he's been outstanding. And in the second half of that New England game, he came back and made up for it with like 400 yards and four touchdowns. So this is a guy who can get it done. Young guy, poised. Uh, the moment's not too big for him. He's a quick thinker. I, I, I like this kid a lot, and he's putting up fantasy points. Case Keenum on the other side of the ball has had some challenges this year. I don't think he's delivered what Denver thought they were getting. And like I discussed last week, you know, Denver is looking not as good as everybody thinks. I don't think they're a deep team. I think they've missed on a few things, and I think that onus is all on John Elway. But that'll come to light further on down the road. He's Keenum. He's Case Keenum, the number twenty-two quarterback on my rankings this week. I said, you know, you know, Kareem Hunt, number four running back on my rankings. Philip Lindsay's been taking it over for Denver. He's not the guy that you know. They, they, everybody said Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman's going to be the guy. Royce Freeman's going to be the guy. They kicked out D'Angelo Henderson. They, they got Royce Freeman. Devontae Booker was supposed to be the guy. Then Philip Lindsay comes out of nowhere, an undrafted guy. And this guy, I don't even think he was invited to the combine. And this guy's blowing it away. He's number eight running back on my rankings this week. And in PPR, I would think he'd be about the same receiver-wise. This is where the difference is. Again, Tyreek Hill, fastest guy in the NFL, number four receiver on my rankings this week against Denver. And, you know, let's it's not forget it. You know, some of these guys are dinged up and they're still playing through injuries. So I think the, the secondary in Denver is dinged up, and that's going to affect their performance on the field. It's going to affect you covering a guy. If you can't cover Tyreek Hill when you're 100% because he's so fast, how are you going to cover him when you're dinged up? You look at the other side of the ball and we see where Emmanuel Sanders has been the true number one there, even though he's technically the number two, number 11 wide receiver on my rankings this week. And the guy that's supposed to be the number one, Demarius Thomas, well, there's trade rumors. There's all sorts of stuff going on because he's just not getting it done. It's not fitting anymore. Demarius Thomas, number 28 wide receiver on my rankings. Tight end, I talked about Travis Kelsey, number one tight end in the game, number one again this week. And on the other side of the ball, maybe a Jeff Auerman if you're if you're desperate for a bye week or something. Uh, number 19 tight end on my ranking this week. And look out for the return of Jake Butt soon. And I know that 
we'll come up with some sort of song for him, I guess, doing the bud or something like that mm-hmm. when he gets back to the polls. But bottom line is still, it's going to be all KC. It's going to be a blowout. KC is my pick. And Mike, I wasn't going to do anything, but because you asked so nicely. Longest intro in the world. So I feel like that that should be, in all honesty, how much of an awesome, awesome, awesome promo would it be if every time Jake Butt scored a touchdown or caught a pass, they played I like big butts and I cannot lie. And and how about they have bobblehead night, but instead of bobblehead, they have bobble butt, and they give away Jake butts, and everybody first a hundred people get a free one. I mean, Mike, I, I'm a man of ideas, and I feel if you play big butts in a stadium, people are going to get up, start shaking it, and if you put if you do the bobble butt night, I think a lot of people would show up to Denver. Yeah, I like the bobble butt. I like that idea. Let's hmm. package that. Let's go ahead and sell it to them, and then we'll we'll make some money here. I'm going to do the bobble butt, and then Mike and I are going to retire. That's how, that's how it's going to happen. So on my side of it for this game, so it, perfect. And I can't believe I didn't think of that before. Thank you to Mike Sofka for giving me something else that I can throw out here. So, you know, I'm going with the Chiefs in this matchup. I have to go with the Chiefs in this matchup. I think that the Broncos, I mean, they definitely showed me that they're a little bit more than what I thought they were in uh, with some of their recent play. But a quarterback, not a big fan. Philip Lindsay, I think he's worth a play. I, I've told some people to play him. You have too, Mike, in the last couple of weeks, and it's helped him out. So I'm not against that. Emmanuel Sanders is a better bet than Demarius Thomas. So, you know, and, and we both agreed on that. So I like Lindsay. I like Sanders. Thomas, uh, wide receiver too. Uh, Jeff Auerman and whatnot, not really sold on those guys. For Kansas City, it's easy, just like you said it. Pat Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey. If you're feeling frisky, you could throw out Sammy Watkins as a flex player. But every, but all, I mean, these are number ones, guys. Tyreek Hill, when he catches the ball, turns on the Jets. Nobody could stop him. Kareem Hunt. Oh, he's gonna have a down year, Danny. At 1,700 years. Yeah, okay. Kareem Hunt is tremendous, and I'm happy that I bought up some of his cards so that when I sell them someday, I will make a lot of money. So with the Jake Butt money and the Kareem Hunt money, I'm going to be set for life. So this game may have just taken care of Mike Sofka and I through and through. I'm going with the Chiefs in this one. Redskins at the Giants. Mike, what do you got? I think it's a disappointing game for the quarterbacks involved. Eli Manning is a guy that's been disappointing all year. They're still trying to figure it out in New York. And Alex Smith is underwhelmed and underperformed as well in Washington. You know, this is always a great game, NFC matchup. You usually can throw the records out the window when this happens. I know the Giants are 1-6 and six and are a train wreck, but they have some talent. They have the talent to be able to pull this off. And in a stunning upset, I'm going to take the Giants this week. I know against, it goes up against the conventional 
thought and everything, but hear me out on this. What is Alex Smith famous for? Conversions, for, for getting the ball to the tight end, for moving the chains. They've been having trouble doing that. Now, the one guy who's been who's been spectacular for them has been Adrian Peterson. But let me go back to the tight end situation. Jordan Reed has been underperforming all year. Yeah, he's injury-free, but he hasn't been playing well. So you got to get that connection with Alex Smith and Jordan Reed going in order for something to happen. I don't think anything's going to happen here with that connection. I think Adrian Peterson's going to struggle to continue to run the ball. I think the giant defense is going to step up a little bit. I know they got rid of Eli Apple. I know they've been trading away some, some players, but they got some players on the offensive side of the ball. Saquon Barkley is the guy. He's one of the top running backs. He's going to be the number two running back this week in fantasy. And if you're looking on the other side of the ball, Adrian Peterson dinged up a bit. Still the number 14 running back. The old man getting it done. But he's got some issues, and he can't do it all. Look for uh, Bibbs to come in and, and pick up some touches to, to take a little bit off his shoulders if Chris Thompson isn't able to come back yet this week, which it's still questionable at that. Looking further here, looking at the receivers, you know who the one receiver is. He's number nine on my rankings because Eli's struggling to get him the ball consistently, and he finally got a touchdown a couple weeks ago. But this is a guy in Odell Beckham Jr. If he can stop talking to the heater on the sideline, if he can stop, you know, addressing the punting net and then running up and down, screaming like a chicken with his head cut off and trying to get things riled up when all he's doing is rowing himself up and taking himself out of the game, he's got to play with a cooler mentality. Again, the, the a superstar athlete like this, they're talented. But it's the mental part of the game that's huge, and some guys can't overcome that, and he seems to be one of those guys. Number nine wide receiver this week on my rankings. And I'm looking on the other side of the ball, and, you know, it just depends. Is Crowder going to be healthy? Is it going to be Josh Dotson? That's really all they have in my mind's eye. Jordan Reed's not getting it done, so I don't think they're going to be able to pass the ball very well. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball as well because they're going to have to rely on that with Adrian Peterson, and there's only so much one man can do. I think the Giants are going to be able to pressure Alex Smith. I think they're going to be able to get to him and their attack. And looking on the other side of the ball, the Giants are happy to have Evan Ingram back. So maybe Evan Ingram starts to resurface a little more here. I don't have Evan Ingram ranked very high, but he is still number 12 on my ranking. So that puts him at a bottom end, tight end one. Look for the Giants to pull out the upset at this one at home in New York. I think Washington is definitely one of those teams that's become really uh, somewhat dangerous this year. I, I think that they have been exciting to watch. I think the problem with this game is the fact that Washington has a bunch of injuries. You know, Adrian Peterson, you know, his, his shoulder pops out. He pops it back in. Apparently, you know, he hurt it again, and now he's got an ankle injury. But he has been ferocious. He has shown that he can keep his feet moving, keep ch- trucking. He could change fields. Uh, he's, you know, he's definitely looking like the Adrian Peterson of old with his fights, you know, and with his gumption, with his intelligence, with his footwork, and definitely with his speed and his ability to hit. So, you know, I do like that, but Jamison Crowder, he's doubtful. Paul Richardson is questionable. Chris Thompson is uh, questionable with a rib injury. So they kind of need Adrian Peterson. Now, the, the good thing about this, though, is that the Giants can't really stop anybody. So, you know, with that being said, they might try to hit Adrian Peterson. It doesn't mean they're going to stop him. There's really nobody 
on the Giants to be worried about as far as their injuries go. I'm going to stick with Washington in this one. I'm going to go with the Redskins. Mike's going with the Giants. I'm going with the Skins. And uh, with the Skins, if AP is playing, then AP is staying on your live roster for fantasy. So I like Adrian Peterson. Um, Really, that's it. I don't like any of the wide receivers. I mean, Josh Doxson, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, Jordan Reed, he's a low-end tight end, too, for me. He's not the first tight end I put out there. If I had to put out a flex and I, I was somewhat desperate and he was on my team, maybe I'd put him out. But really, it's AP or bust on that side. And on the other side, it's Saquon Barkley. I mean, really, to me, this is a game of two good running backs, Adrian Peterson and Saquon Barkley. Odell and Sterling Shepard, it's hard to tell you to keep them off, so I'm not going to. But Odell has under underperformed, and I think Sterling has overperformed. So, you know, you got to play both of those guys, but I think Washington's going to squeak out a close, like 23-20, 26-20 type of game in this. Browns at the Steelers, Mr. Sofka, what do you have? Yeah, I got Ben Roethlisberger, number seven quarterback this week. On the other side of the ball, not so much. Baker Mayfield is as exciting as he is to watch play. You know, that Pittsburgh defense is going to dial something up special for the Rooks. So this is an opportunity for uh, Pittsburgh to pin their ears back and rush the quarterback. But he's better on the outside. He's better on the run, I think, than he is in the pocket. He's a creator. He's a guy that makes things happen. I hate to throw out a Brett Favre comparison, but that's the closest thing that I can – mentioned to people to get them to understand what I'm trying to say. The bottom line is still the bottom line. He's a rookie and, you know, I don't think that he's going to bode well on the road in Pittsburgh. For the record, I am going to take Pittsburgh in this game, even though they usually play the Browns relatively close. I think Pittsburgh's got what they what they need to pull it out. James Conner, number three running back. Le'Veon Bell's not looking so bright right now for sitting out thinking that they would fall down, you know, and he cost himself a bunch of money, but I, I understand it. I get it. But at the same time, I couldn't I couldn't walk away from $8 million to prove a point. You know, and James Conner, number three running back. And on the other side of the ball, you know, he, he, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has been vaulted right into the spotlight here when they when they made the trade with Jacksonville to, to send Carlos Hyde. So Nick Chubb's capable. You saw him in college at Georgia with Sony Michelle. This is a guy who I believe can carry the rock and can be the number one guy. He's number 13 on my ranking this week. They're going to try to run the ball with Nick Chubb as best they can because they only have real one receiver that's a threat consistently, and that's Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, number 19 ranked receiver on my rankings this week. You'd like to see more. You'd like to see more Higgins, more Callaway, more something. Well, the one guy they got more of is Njoku. That's David Njoku, number 10 tight end on my rankings. Now, Pittsburgh's going to counter that with, well, Vance McDonald's back. We all remember McDonald pushing down Chris Conti and sending him on IR as he ran for like a 60-yard touchdown. Vance McDonald is the guy that he's still out there. He was out there in about half the league. So if you're struggling for a tight end, now mind you, you got a temporary expectation. He's a mid-range tight end too this week, but he could get you some points against Cleveland. And of course, on the other side of the ball, they're receiving wise. You got Antonio Brown. You got Juju Smith-Schuster. Antonio Brown, mid-range wide receiver one this week. Juju Smith-Schuster, bottom end wide receiver one this week. Both of those guys, as you know, should be in your lineup. And, I again, I I don't know how you can go against Pittsburgh in this game. I think Pittsburgh's going to win the game. Yeah, I I think, you know, Cleveland has played in seven games this season through seven weeks, hasn't had a break, and they have had more – 
overtime games than regulation games this season. They played in four overtime games, and they have played in three regulation games. The first game of the season when Pittsburgh played Cleveland, it was a tie game where where they came back with Tyrod Taylor, and the game was 21 apiece that ended in a tie. I'm going to go with the Steelers in this one. I'd love to see the Browns win the game, but I'm going to have to pick the Steelers. Uh, Baker Mayfield's a quarterback, too. He's not a bad choice because I think he's going to make it fun and interesting, but he's still a quarterback, too. Uh, Nick Chubb is a running back, too, because he hasn't proven himself completely to be like an every-down back. Uh, Duke Johnson Jr. is a perfect uh, flex position because of the fact that he catches out of the backfield. Uh, obviously, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway is a flex position guy. They did add Brashad Perriman, who couldn't get it done with Baltimore and ironically went to Cleveland, and Cleveland became Baltimore before going back to Cleveland. So I just find little stories like that pretty interesting. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, James Conner, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, all worth the starts. And Vance McDonald probably over the lyrical Jesse James. I'm going with the Steelers in this one. Ravens at the Panthers. What do you have, Mike? Yeah, you know, I like the defense that the Ravens have, and I think they're going to carry that defense through and win this game, even though Cam Newton likes some Cam. Cam's a good call in this game, but only as a tight, a top-end quarterback to number 13 on my rankings. And Joe Flacco's not behind him very far at number 16 on the ranking this week. I think this game isn't going to be as explosive as you want. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than people want. And I think that's going to play right into Baltimore's hand. Now, Baltimore is led by Alex Collins in the backfield. He's a number 19 running back on the rankings this week. Carolina is in a little bit different position. They have Christian McCaffrey. He's number 10 on my rankings. And if you're in a PPR league, it's even higher than that. He's a mid-range running back one this week. Looking at the receivers, well, Michael Crabtree is bound to do something. He's been on the he's been on the way back. Let's put it that way, fantasy wise. Number twenty seven wide receiver on my rankings this week. And Carolina, well, not so much. They really don't have a guy as good as that. If that that sounds kind of funny, they're led by Devin Funches, number twenty eight wide receiver on my rankings this week. You know, you'd like to see some more participation. I think John Brown's a little bit dinged up, but he should fall right into a. a Similar situation as Crabtree, but a little bit higher. Bottom end wide receiver one if he's able to take the field. And I'm looking at uh, Carolina. I, I mean, Torrey Smith, he's able to stretch the field. DJ Morey, he's going to be the return guy. But Greg Olson is the guy who just came back from injury, and he's struggling to get things back on, on track here. He's the number 18 tight end on my rankings. And Baltimore just brought Hayden Hurst back from injury, and he's finding it difficult to get things going. So him and Mark Andrews are kind of splitting things. Nick Boyle, I, I, I think that Hayden Hurst is the guy long-term. He's the future at tight end there. But Mark Andrews has been the guy that's been getting it done for him lately. That's if you call getting it done being ranked the top-end tight end three. They're really struggling in that position. They need somebody to burst out there. I definitely like Baltimore in this game on the road. I think defense is going to win out. Well, it's good that you pick Baltimore because pretty much every single DB for the Carolina Panthers is injured, which should bode well for the Ravens in Charlotte for this game. I like Joe. I I like Joe Flacco as a quarterback, uh, low end quarterback one in this game because of the lack of secondary that he's going up against. So he is not a bad option this week. Alex Collins, uh, Michael Crabtree, John Brown are both worth the play. Willie Sneed hasn't shown much of anything. And the tight ends, if you want to roll the dice on an Andrews or a Hurst, if you got somebody hurt, I can understand that. 
I just haven't seen you know anything to make me say definitely play them. Cam Newton's on the injury report. If he's okay to go, I'd probably leave him off this week. I like Christian McCaffrey, and that's I mean Greg Olson's on the injury report as well. So I, I'm going to make this really easy for you. I like Christian McCaffrey with Carolina, and I'm going with the Ravens. Colts at the Raiders. What do you have for this one? We got the team that's having a yard sale every day. Amari Cooper's not there anymore. Derek Carr could be on his way out. Khalil Mack is doing great things for the Bears. Then you got the Colts where Andrew Luck's trying to set records right now for how many games he can have three or more passing touchdowns. Colts are going on the road to Oakland. What do you have? Yeah, there's a team seem to be going in two different directions. Marwin Mack is back, and he made his presence known last week. And sure enough, he's the number nine running back this week. But I can't get ahead of myself here. Andrew Luck is on the way back up, and this is a perfect game for him against Oakland. He should be able to get something done here. He should be able to be the number nine quarterback on my rankings this week. Derek Carr's a little bit further back, number 14, not far off that pace, middle of the road. He's struggling for some receivers. He's struggling for a running game. Marshawn Lynch is done. They just traded away Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper wasn't getting it done anyway. Your number one receiver is Jordy Nelson. you got a problem. They got problems in Oakland. We've already talked about that. Look, I like Marwin Mack. Marwin Mack's the number nine running back on my rankings. Doug Martin being thrust into the spotlight now. He should be the number one guy there. Number 24 on my rankings this week against Indianapolis. I hope number 13 on my rankings this week, and I'm struggling to find a receiver on Oakland that, that I'm willing to play. The closest I have is Jordy Nelson in an emergency wide receiver three situation. And looking at the tight ends, I like Eric Ebron and Jared Cook, both ranked five and six on my rankings this week. Those are the high points. When the high points in the game is the tight end on either team, that's not a very good game. This isn't a very good game, and I'm going to take Indianapolis to pull the victory out on the road. Yeah, you know, I think Indy is going to win this one handily. I don't think they're going to have much of an issue at all. I play. I would play Andrew Luck in this game. Uh, Marlon Mack, I put him out there as a running back, too, or a flex. I would even consider Naheem Hines as a flex. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, eh, I just he's very much underperformed. That's why I didn't pick him up this year. Uh, Ebron's been good. Eric Swoop, he scored this past week, but he's he's uh, he's questionable to play in the game. So just watch that. He could be a a late addition for you if you need a tight end. But Eric Ebron's shown some life here when he had none in Detroit. On the other side of it, I don't like any of the running backs. Not sold on Derek Carr. Not sold on Jordy Nelson. But if you had to play anybody, I'm like Mike. Jordy Nelson, but he's flex. He's not my one or my two. And I do like Jared Cook, who is a, a year removed from when I thought he would be where he's at right now. I thought he would be a top target of Derek Carr last year. He became that this year. The next game, Mike, is a game that I am extremely excited about. I hope I don't play anybody that has a lot of the guys on either side of this one. But this is a game to sit and watch at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York. The Green Bay Packers at the Los Angeles Rams. What do you have for this? game where you're right there are going to be a lot of points scored should be a back and forth game should be points well into the 50s maybe the 60s you know and they're going to be led by at green bay by uh aaron Rodgers. and i say at green bay excuse me they said um aaron Rodgers. you know he's, he's been stumbling he's been uh 
minimize with that brace. He's been getting better. They're talking about putting that softer brace on him, giving him even more flexibility. He looks like he's on the mend, so he's going to be able to keep up with the scoring pace, I think. It's just a matter of, is their running game going to be able to follow through? And I think that's where the difference is. Todd Gurley's a number one running back in the NFL, number one running back in fantasy, number one running back. He's going to show it this week again against the Packers at home. I like the Rams in this game. Aaron Rodgers, number three quarterback, and Jared Goff's not far behind. He's the bottom end quarterback one at number 11 on my rankings. Todd Gurley, again, number one. Green Bay struggling to counter that running attack. Aaron Jones is the best I have from Green Bay at number 37 on my ranking this week. You thought Aaron Jones would come back and everything would be much better. It's better. But it's getting slowly, incrementally better, and that's not quick enough in the NFL. You got to win now. You got to win today. Hopefully, Aaron Jones is able to put up some numbers to keep that thing going in the right direction. Looking at the receivers, this is another difference in the game. You got Robert Woods, my number seven wide receiver this week, and Brandon Cooks, number ten wide receiver. You got two top ten receivers. The only guys that do that is Pittsburgh. So that's a good formula to have. That's why they're so successful. On the other side of the ball, you know. It's not the same thing. They have like one guy they're going to throw the ball to, and that's Devontae Adams. And I say one guy. I know I'm being facetious here, but Valdez Scanling has shown up and filled in nicely. Jimmy Graham, are they going to be able to count on him? I hope so. I've got him at the bottom end, tight end one in this game. On the other side of the ball, though, as far as tight ends, I, I, I don't know what's really out there for the Rams, but they don't need one. They got everybody else. They got two great receivers who are top ten. They got a top running back and one of the top quarterbacks. You know, you look for the Rams to continue their winning ways, stay undefeated. I like the Rams at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams at home as well. The only team that's undefeated in the entire NFL of 32 franchises are the Los Angeles Rams. They got smart and hip to the game by going out, like I've been saying over and over and over again. They had so many wide receivers. They shed some of that money. They said, okay, we got Todd Gurley. Let's bring in a guy or two to be behind him, and then let's let's minimize the wide receivers that we have and maximize the defense. They have Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald. They got guys all throughout this, and Sean McVay, who's just a little bit older than me but not by much, which makes me feel awesome, is killing it out there with a lot of the same talent that Jeff Fisher had. And Jeff Fisher didn't want to start Jared Cook, or Jared Cook, uh, Jared Goff, and I understand that. I understand wanting to wait a little bit. But what I don't understand is why Jared Goff looks so much better and looks like a number one pick under Sean McVay, but under Jeff Fisher looked like a guy who maybe was going to be in the dungeon of the Rams. So you got to have a good leader, and that Los Angeles does in Sean McVay. I like Aaron Rodgers in the game. I don't like any of the wide receivers. And Devontae Adams. I mean, Rodgers and Adams have been saving my behind. So I'd go with them. There's a lot of guys that are injured right now for the Green Bay Packers. Jimmy Graham is questionable with a knee injury. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown is questionable with a knee injury. At wide receiver, Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb both have hamstring injuries and are both questionable. So it looks like it's Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, and that's where we're going. In this one. On the other side of it, for Los Angeles, I like Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup should be hopefully coming back. So I like every single one of them. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I'm going to edge it out to the Rams to stay undefeated and show them some love. We did get a question, Mike. So before we take our final fast break, let's answer this question. Uh, with Marshawn Lynch on IR, would we run Jalen Richard? There's Doug Martin and Jalen Richard in Oakland. Will we consider to put Jalen Richard out there is a the question we just got. 
Well, he's number 27 running back on my rankings this week. Doug Martin's just ahead of him at, at 24. I think there is going to be somewhat of a timeshare situation. I just got my money on uh, Doug Martin to be the, the guy between the two, but not by much. So it's almost a coin flip. It's, it's probably more game plan and probably more opponent worthy than just putting a blanket statement out there. It may be a game to game situation, but for this game, Doug Martin edges them out. Yeah, I would say that we both would not put him out there. Maybe pick, maybe pick him up and save him. You know, may, maybe we would do that. So maybe pick him up, save him, and uh, you know, if you, if you can afford the spot. And thank you for the question. If you can afford to kind of stash him away, maybe that's what you do. Let's take a fast break here, and we'll come back with a trio of games to wrap up the fantasy football power hours. 49ers at Cardinals, Saints at Vikings, Sunday Night Football. Cannot wait for that game. Patriots at Bills, Monday Night Football coming up as well. We'll talk on each of those right after this. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn & Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn & Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn & Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Feeling good, loving life, and happy to be here with you. Happy to be here with my guy, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. You know Florida's the second home of Wake Up Call. You know that the first home is New York, and the person that helps me bond the two every single week that helps me vicariously feel like I'm in Florida, and maybe him in New York as well is Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football dot 
com and i owe a visit to florida especially since it's getting cold and rainy up here the fantasy football power hour we're inside of it right now proudly proudly brought to you by the wildcat sports pub and the pennant trophy center if you're coming into syracuse live in syracuse camillus marcellus anywhere in upstate and central new york you're coming in to visit the place to go is the wildcat sports pub stay at the hotel true by hilton camillus and then you can walk to the wildcat sports pub and have yourself a great time and a great experience if you're coming into town. On top of that, much love and much appreciation to the Penn and Trophy Center. You can order from them from anywhere by going to pennandtrophy.com. You can also visit them on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, at their new location, over 60 years of serving the community, and they will do everything from engrave your grandfather's watch to a wedding ring, to a, you know, if you got trophies for tournaments, if you need to buy different things to make you look like the boss that you are, and you know, you got to get the name plates and the, and the, and, and the, you know, the, the plaques on the wall, and you need to frame this and frame that and engrave this and get your pens and everything. Nobody does it like the Pen and Trophy Center, hence why they've been around for decade upon decade upon decade. So thank you to both companies for proudly bringing Mike and I. To you on the air with the Fantasy Football Power Hours. Mike, we got three games left. It's the Niners at the Cardinals. I'd love to tell you that this game is going to be good, but the Cardinals suck, and the Niners don't have Jimmy Garoppolo. So what do you think about this one? Yeah, this might be a tough one to watch. You know, both teams have struggled, and both teams have struggled from, you know, various positions, mainly the quarterback and the receiver's position. There's a few bright spots here, and I'll highlight those. But first, the quarterback's. C.J. Beathard's doing a yeoman's job for what he's capable of doing. Again, the expectation for him is really low. So it's a type thing where he's able to step in there. And, and, you know, it's a guy who's not just anybody. You know, he had a great career at Iowa. He comes from lineage. He's He's got a family in the business. He's, he's always been a quarterback type guy. And, and you could see this coming. He's got his opportunity, but he's not Jimmy Garoppolo. You're 100% right. Uh, C.J. Beathard, the number 21-ranked quarterback on my rankings this week. And on the other side, Josh Rosen is even further down. You know, he's, he, he just doesn't have it yet. I thought he was the most NFL-ready out of all the rookies coming out. It's just it's still the NFL, and he's still going up against NFL talent. It takes time to make that adjustment more times than not. Looking at the running backs, David Johnson's the sole bright spot in this game, I think. David Johnson, number six running back. You know, he, he there was a time where he was the number one guy, then it was always him or Gurley. And now David Johnson kind of fell off a little bit. I think it's just been the game planning. They've been behind in games, and, you know, it's a different system now. So they're just not effectively using David Johnson, but they're getting back on track with him, number six running back. And Raheem Mozart. He's the guy that surprised a lot of people. I picked him up everywhere the last couple of weeks, and sure enough, it looks like he's going to pay dividends. He's number 25 running back. Again, you got to temper your expectations. There's a reason why a lot of these guys weren't starting. There was somebody better in front of them. But he's still capable of getting it done. Not all the guys have as much separation or as much closeness to the guy in front of him. Raheem Mozart, perfectly capable. Yeah, his first carry this year was a fumble, but he's rebounded ever since, and they're giving him the youth the touches rather than the Alfred Morris. Looks like Matt Breda is still dinged up. I like Raheem Mozart, number 25, running back this week. That's your daily fantasy play there as well. Probably real affordable. Wide receiver-wise, both teams lacking. Larry Fitzgerald hasn't been getting it done. You kind of wonder, you know, is Marquise Goodwin going to be able to show up? I think he's going to be able to put wide receiver three numbers out there for you. Pierre Garçon should be back in the mix. 
the value, though, is George Kittle. George Kittle, top five tight end all year. One of those dark horse guys I had been on for the past couple years, seen this coming for Dynasty Leagues, and sure enough, he's paying dividends right now. You're happy if you have George Kittle. On the other side of the ball, not so much. You have Ricky Seals-Jones. Now, he's been doing a yeoman's job. Again, the, the, the mindset, the thought, the expectation is much lower, but he's the number 14 tight end on my ranking this week. I'd like to see Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk in the conversation. I just don't see them there in this game. So, again, the value is with Kittle and David Johnson. And you know what? I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to go ahead and take the Cardinals at home here. I think this is close to one in six teams. Anything can happen, but I'll take the Cardinals at home. Yeah, this is a, this is a very – as my Papa Joe would say, who was on the show earlier and every Thursday to start off the broadcast, this is a pick em game. So, you know, it's a toss-up, and I'll give you mine in a second. Uh, Quarterback-wise, C.J. Beathard is playing better than I thought he would, but I still don't feel good about the quarterback in San Fran. Matt Breda is dinged up. He is questionable for the game with an ankle injury. Raheem Mozart, you know, if if you could pick him up, good for you. He may still be out there in a bunch of leagues. In the Wake Up Call Fantasy Challenge, he may be out there. He's not a bad guy to put out as a flex guy just to kind of see, and he's playing the Cardinals for goodness sake, so he should be able to do something. Marquise Goodwin, I don't think he's a bad play for you, but he's a wide receiver three. I'll agree with Mike. And uh, George Kittle is an option there for you with San Fran as well. On the other side, Josh Rosen and Christian Kirk, someday, some way, somehow, it'll happen, I believe. They have Mike Lennon behind Josh Rosen. Sam Bradford has been relegated to the third-string quarterback, and he's not injured. So that's interesting. See, Sam can actually say that. Even though he's not playing, he can say that this is the first year where he hasn't gotten hurt. So Rosen and Kirk, there could be a future, and I would love to say Captain Kirk and be able to talk about that and write stories about that, so copyright TM in advance, but that hasn't happened yet. David Johnson's really the only guy on Arizona, and he has underperformed tremendously this year, which is very sad. I am going to take the Niners because I think the Niners have more talent right now, it's sad to say. And, uh, you know, I think the Cardinals, who have only won one game this season, are doomed to lose another. Sunday night football, Mike, I legitimately cannot wait for this game. You'd think I was a Saints or a Vikings fan, which I'm not of either. I'm not a – I'm not a. Uh, they're not my personal team of choice, but I love this game. And I'm going to be getting my popcorn ready for this one. Saints at Vikings, what do you have? Look, to win on the road in the NFL is a challenge. To win in the NFL is a challenge. To win on the road is a challenge. To win on the road twice in two weeks is a considerable challenge. The Saints were able to pull something out last week. Second half wonder and a missed extra point led to that victory for the Saints on the road in Baltimore. Look, Drew Brees notoriously doesn't play as well on the road, but this is a closed-dome stadium, so I'll give him more of a benefit of the doubt. He's a bottom-end uh, quarterback one for me at number eight. I'd like the flip side, Kirk Cousins at number four against that New Orleans defense who's, well, had some challenges bringing in, uh, you know, some more talent in the secondary now, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think it's going to be too little too late. Kirk Cousins, the number, 14, uh, number four quarterback on my rankings, you know, and, and New Orleans goes as their running attack goes as of late. They're doing real well with Alvin Kamara. And then Mark Ingram comes back into fold and kind of takes a little bit away from Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, bottom end, running back one. Mark Ingram, high end a quarterback. Listen to me, running back one. And Mark Ingram, high end, running back two. On the other side of the ball, I 
don't think Dalvin Cook's been officially listed as out, but I don't think he's going to be playing again for a couple more weeks here. So that's going to keep Latavius Murray in the conversation. He's the number 16 running back on my rankings this week. So he might be affordable. He may be available as well. Looking at the receivers, Adam Thielen, he's arguably one of the top two or three receivers in the league. He's been playing at a phenomenal level. I like him up against that soft New Orleans secondary. He's the number two wide receiver on my rankings this week. And on the other side of the ball, well, actually, hold on a second. Stephon Diggs, he's a bottom end wide receiver one for me. So you got two guys there. That seems to be a consistent formula with winning teams. Are you noticing that? You yeah. see, you got Pittsburgh with the two guys. You got L.A. with the two guys. You have to have two guys at receiver nowadays, and they got them in Minnesota in Thielen and Diggs. And they can even throw a Kyle Rudolph into the mix. He's a bottom and tight end one. Now, on the other side there, I, I, I can't say as much for their tight end, but the old man Benjamin Watson's been showing up. He's capable of putting up tight end two numbers for you. And Michael Thomas. He's away, he's there, he's good, he's bad. Overall, he's pretty good. I got him as a bottom-end wide receiver one at number eight on my rankings this week. And I'm still waiting for somebody else to step up. Traquan Smith looked like he stepped up. Looks like they're going to trust in him. They haven't been giving Cameron Meredith as many looks since Traquan Smith had that record-breaking touchdown from Drew Brees. So I like a Michael Thomas. I like a Traquan Smith maybe as the number three receiver. I think that Minnesota is going to win this game at home in a close one. Yeah, this is this is going to be a tough game. I, I think it's going to be awesome for fantasy. I think it's going to be a difficult game, though, as far as where do you lean. Drew Brees, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, I like him all. Michael Thomas, he's a low-end wide receiver, too, for me. Cam Meredith is still a three, but should be considered. And Traquan Smith is a three, but should be considered. Outside of that, nobody else from New Orleans. Kirk Cousins on the other side, I like him. Delvin Cook is still banged up with the uh, hamstring injury. Not a big fan of Latavius Murray outside of that. I like Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph. Thielen, number one. Uh, Diggs, a uh, number two with some spacing, and then Kyle Rudolph, not a bad bet. I'm going to go with the Vikings too, Mike. I kind of made that decision before we uh, we started talking about it, and I was I was thinking, can I sway my own self? But I can't. I I really do love the way the Saints are playing this year. Uh, I just lo- I love I love Drew Brees. I do. I respect the hell out of him. So, uh, you know, I love watching him, and he he commanded that respect from me you know I didn't watch him at Purdue or anything like that so big ups to him but I got the Vikings in this one Patriots at the Bills Monday Night Football what do you think well this is two teams going in opposite directions and their records reflect that the Patriots at five and two and the Bills at two and five anytime you mention the Patriots especially this time of year you know I like to call them what they are they're the evil empire they're going to dominate in this game. It's not even going to be close. This is a this is a college basketball tourney one versus sixteen matchup. Doesn't mean it can't happen. It just it's not going to happen. So we'll just leave it at that. It's like winning the lottery. Doesn't mean you can't win. It's just not going to happen. Realize you're going to have to get up and go to work. Don't spend all your money on lottery tickets. Well, this lottery they found the lottery in Tom Brady with that number six that six round pick years ago. Tom Brady, number 10 quarterback on my rankings this week. Other side of the ball, they're rolling out Derek Anderson. Eh, not so much. Bottom rated, bottom of the barrel quarterback for me this week at number 28. 
looking at the running back situation, well, this is a difference as well. Now, Sony Michelle was dinged up. It's going to be more James White. James White, number five running back on my ranking this week. On the other side of the ball, I'd like to see more, but LaShawn McCoy is dinged up, number 32 running back on my rankings. Number 36, Chris Ivory, right behind him. Both of those guys are kind of dinged up. It, it looked like Marcus Murphy might be a waiver wire addition, but I think they're both guys are going to be able to get rolled out there, and both guys are going to pick up some moderate yardage. And part of the problem is they really can't throw the ball. They can't throw the ball. they got a deficient quarterback. they got deficient receivers in Buffalo. It's a train wreck. You can't start anybody else from Buffalo besides LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory. Uh, in, in New England, you know, you oh, yeah, play Gronk. Gronk may not play this week, so make sure you have a backup plan. Dwayne Allen may be in the fold there. Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon. Julian Edelman, a low-end wide receiver two for me. Josh Gordon, a high-end wide receiver three. And, you know, you may want to roll out a Corderell Patterson if you need something desperate. That's a desperation play. But he's been showing up recently as well. So I look for New England. Big time, the evil empire wins this game. And Mike knows that, like I said, and I always say, we have rules. Every time Belichick comes out to the press conference, here it is. And then Belichick makes that sign to cut across his neck, and it's gone. So with that being said, I'm picking the Patriots in this one. I think that this is a an easy one for me to pick. It seems so easy, which makes me think, is there some way the Bills could make this game interesting and pull something off? Is there a rabbit in a hat somewhere? I don't think so, but there are a lot of quarterbacks getting sacked. I like Tom Brady. Sony Michelle is doubtful to play in this game, which is very sad news because he's been helping me out tremendously. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, Sony Michelle, doubtful to play in the game. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is questionable in this game as well. And uh, a bunch of other guys are on injury reserve for New England. For Buffalo, <clears throat> really quick here, we have Josh Allen is obviously out for this week. LaShawn McCoy is questionable with a nagging concussion. Chris Ivory's lower leg injury has him questionable. As well. So for the Patriots, I like Tom Brady. I like James White more. Kenyon Barner is not a bad pickup for a flex position because of the fact that Sony Michelle's doubtful. Uh, Julian Edelman, I like him and Josh Gordon. Chris Hogan, meh. You know, I, he's playing the Bills, so maybe, but uh, I think he's like less yardage, less, less, less opportunities. More Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon. For the Bills, I don't like anybody, so I'll make it really easy for you. I'm picking the Patriots in the game. Mike, as always, I appreciate you, brother. I thank you for being on the show. And let me congratulate you officially that through seven weeks of choices, Mike Sofka, John and Jordan Newman, and myself, Dan Satora, have picked every single NFL game and will do so every single game every single week, including into the playoffs. Mike right now leads us all with 64 wins, 41 losses, and two ties, and I am right behind him. Tied with John with 61 wins, 44 losses, and two ties. And Jordan is in last place with 51 wins, 54 losses, and two ties. So, Mike, congratulations on currently being number one by just a few games. Yeah, it's been a tight race, but uh, it's been fun. I look forward to talking to you again next time, Dan. All right, thanks, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Take care. 
And coming from Mike Sofka once again of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. That's Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com with daily, with weekly, I should say, weekly rankings, constant updates, and paid as well as free ways to help your fantasy team grow and flourish. So make sure that you take the time to head over and check out what Mike Sofka has to offer on fan, Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. That is your entire week eight approach to fantasy. If you have any other questions for us, feel free to send them over on wakeupcalldt.com at the bottom of the homepage. You can quick link to our fantasy football show archive to hear this show and every other one. You can also go to the fantasy football tab at the top of the page. If you click on fantasy football, it'll take you to the show archive. If you go to the tab, the drop down menu will show you the injury report and our predictions every single week, and that is worth a look as well. So make sure that you check it out, and check it out frequently, and check it out now. God bless. In the meantime, be well, and find us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT, and always on WakeUpCallDT.com. You can pick up TuneIn Radio, Podbean Podcast, iTunes Podcast, and the RSS feed, all in one place on WakeUpCallDT.com, the hub of everything that has to do with this show. And I'll see you tonight for game show night. Come out. If you've never been, just come out and do it. Come out and play. It's fun. It's the last Thursday of every month, which which is this Thursday, October 25th, 7 p.m. Come out. Play the game. It's Pictionary and Family Feud. It's survey-style questions and drawing pictures. It's extremely fun and easy to play. You can bring your team out and enjoy the opportunity of a winner-take-all gift certificate to the Wildcat. The food is great. Everything's great at the Wildcat. So come out, hang out with us. Let's have some fun. Let's play this, and let's enjoy it right before Thursday Night Football. So you can come play the game, try to win a prize, and watch Thursday Night Football. I got your whole Thursday night set up for you at the Wildcat Sports Pub. So I'll see you there for game show night, and I'll have you back here and on the airwaves tomorrow morning for October 26th, and I'm very, very excited about the opportunity to speak with you on the airwaves tomorrow. I will obviously have the annoying moment of the week at 9 a.m., proudly brought to you by Carvel DeWitt. Significant sound bikes with Dino Babers in our one-on-one conversation coming up as well at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, FML Friday morning live with John and Mike Sofka. Or John and Mike Sofka, my lord. John and Jordan Newman will be here with me in the studio for live video and audio. You can watch our live videos by going to facebook.com backslash live now DT. With that being said, have a great day. God bless you. Be well. And go to the archive today because I'm adding a ton of shows within the hour, including this one, so you don't want to miss a moment. Tell your friends, coworkers, colleagues, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, daughter, son, grandma, grandpa, so on and so forth, neighbors. I appreciate you. Cheers. And God bless your Thursday.